Greetings programs, welcome to Animatronic, the podcast talking about episodes of Disney's animated television show, Tron Uprising. My name is Duncan Shields, host of Tronologically Speaking, the movie-by-minute podcast talking about 1982's movie, Tron. And I'm Courtney Coulson, reviewing Tron Legacy one minute at a time on Legacy Minute. Episode 2. Excellent. So this is episode two of Tron Uprising. And uh, what what happens in this episode? Well, the plot synopsis says, as Tron trains Beck, Beck begins to doubt that he can be the next Tron. While trying to evade security, Beck lands in a prison transport and is taken to the games. Meanwhile, Zed falls for a female named Pearl and brings her to the garage to show her his work, where she steals Abel's classic NCOM 786. Dun, dun, dun. And that's 786. It's a very beautiful machine. I love it. And it was a source of some uh, consternation for me for uh, for Legacy. But we can uh, we can get to that. Well, we can talk about it now. I was, um, when Sam steals his dad's 786 original light cycle, that's custom and antique, but the fastest on the grid. To me, that was... That was this moment where he gets his magic sword. He gets yeah. his uh, his stallion. He gets his medallion of power or, or whatever. This is the moment where he gets the thing. And the mm-hmm. thing is going to be key to like him surviving the battle or winning the fight. And he, he gives it to a homeless program as soon as he gets to the city. And that's the last we see of it. <laughs> I so was like, rude. I was like, what? How do you set up a bike like that? And then just everything about Sam Flynn is a disappointment, right? And then it ends up leading it, it leads Clue's forces back to his dad anyway because they follow the trail of the light bike. And uh, I was a little bit, little bit, uh, yeah, a little bit livid about that one. But we get to see it here often, so that's uh, that's really cool. But we open with Beck training Tron and or Tron training Beck, and he's not quite, not quite getting it. And there's like a, a moment where they're they're gonna jump across a jump across a chasm, and mm. Tron does it easily, but Beck doesn't. And Tron says uh, that his problem is that he hesitated. Uh, thanks, Morpheus. <laughs> yes, <laughs> you can't you can't hesitate. So, so there you go. I, I, I sort of he like he almost falls down the chasm, but I had this moment that would like. He doesn't fall to his death, but can you imagine if each episode was Tron training a quote-unquote new Tron until a fatal accident happens, and then he just gets a new one? Like, he's just yeah. going through promising programs until he kills them training. I don't know. <laughs> or it's the same one. He just saves his progress and then just <laughs> yeah, that's remakes right. it or whatever. I don't know how it works. Yeah. But uh, I like that in this chase or test that they're doing we're seeing more natural environments this is out in the snow yeah and like tundra and ice yeah and it's interesting to see how the bikes interact with the snow well actually how everything interacts with the snow because it's not really it's not soft and you know it's not sinking into it there's no tracks left behind it is very much just this white sheet that they're racing on top of yeah yeah it's a real sort of null space a real sort of just you know just out there in the middle of nowhere kind of place you only really get fragments of snow or ice or whatever it is when bits break off 
Mm -hmm. Yeah, which I guess is better than it just having be a a blue grid or something Mm. like that or a green grid. I think in a lot of places that take place inside a virtual world, like, I don't know, the 13th floor or something like that, is when you get a shot of the blank canvas of the cyberspace that you're trapped in, it's so often just a green grid. And we're we're way past Holodeck. that now. Yeah, yeah. Like we can't we can't do that now. That's that's passe. That's that's old world. And so we gotta. So, but I like this representation of here they are in the wilds. You know, it's just this tundra out in the middle of nowhere. But then I'm really yes. curious to know how the aesthetic of Tron and uh, Tron Legacy and Tron Uprising will age in the long run as compared to the original Tron. Because for me, the original it's it's so dated and it's so cartoonish that it's just it's its own aesthetic it's not you can't compare it to anything in the real world no whereas looking at tron legacy now i kind of feel like oh yeah there's the rubber batman black costumes it's getting a little bit uh it's getting on in yes it's become an artifact of its own age as well like i saw this Mm. there's this vfx youtube channel called you know vfx yeah yeah, yeah, Cordo Cordo yeah they, they just did recently one, did the vfx react yeah comparing 1982's tron to legacy comparing them both and they said that while tron's 1982's tron's uh effects and cg are obviously blocky and obviously primitive there's a high concept uh brightness to them there's this there's this conceptually they're so bold that they sort of rise above the technical challenges and limitations that they were faced with it's still something mm-hmm. that you look at and say oh that's totally tron yeah whereas with with legacy you've got a, a really good continuation and evolution and update of it um but with all the volumetric lighting and volumetric fog and volumetric rain and everything that they kind of throw into the mix it ends up being kind of muted it ends up being yeah. kind of a, all of a similar palette, all kind of a kind of a wash. It's not not as uh, not as stark. bright, yeah, not as stark and not as in some ways not quite as memorable as uh, as the Tron nineteen eighty two. Even though there's such a gulf of time between the two films, and even though Legacy is very 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 well done and has its own mm. strong design aesthetic, so it was uh, it's neat to compare the two. But it is interesting seeing, like you say, how Legacy is becoming. You know, oh, that's so that's so late two thousand and tens or so so late two thousands or yeah, like Cora with her asymmetrical bob or the uh, I thought it was a gem, one of the yeah. sirens. Well, actually, all the sirens have the really heavy black eye makeup with the nude lip and the uh, that little sort of bun on the top, like way up yeah. on the top of the head, really high yeah. bun. Every woman was doing that in twenty ten. <laughs> sure right so it really takes me back to oh my god yes this came out while i was in university and everyone was dressing (laughs) like that one of my teachers in her 60s had the quora haircut so sure right sure you know and that goes back to like betty page and the flapper days and stuff i guess in a way but yeah actually page speaking of uh yeah she's kind of got the asymmetrical yeah bob cut going on although that looks it's so anime, so it, I can't really connect it to anything so. in the no, real world. For sure, for sure. Especially the more asymmetrical it is, the less uh, the less reminiscent of history it becomes. Mm. Uh, we get so, but then we get so Bex 
coming back from training with Tron and he's late. So he, he has to get past the, the gate at the edge of the city and he tries to uh, gun it past and he tries to be all sneaky and ninja through and he ends up getting trapped in a cell. Ah, oh, geez. <laughs> and now he's getting taken to the games, which is uh, a shame for him. He almost did it. But every all the other prisoners um, are angry at Tron because they're like, this is all his fault. So he's kind of trapped in the cell with these prisoners going, oh, yeah, Tron, what a, what a, yeah, you're right. Jeez. <laughs> he has to kind of. Yeah, I swear this know. has happened to Bruce Wayne at least once in his life. Oh, yeah, for sure. You know. I do love the lighting in the cell or whatever thing that the thing they're being carried in underneath mm-hmm. the uh, recognizer. Just absolutely gorgeous lighting there, and that's actually kind of tying into what you're saying about lighting before. Yeah, what you can do in animation is really bump up those colors and that contrast in a way yeah. you can't with live action. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Even with all the CG that's being used in uh, in a show like Legacy or the original Tron, like yeah, in a cartoon you can just—it's pretty much whatever you want. You know, it's just mm. a question of effort. Yeah, I don't know why anyone wants to work in live action. To be honest, when you can do literally anything in animation, it's just a lot harder than people think it is. I think that's one of yes. the one of the problems. And it's a lot—it's very high concept and it's somewhat niche. And so a lot of people think that animation is for kids so it's really hard to give a show a serious go and really expect any big dollars i think oh risk it always drives me nuts my father watched the Shyamalan avatar movie and he loved it he went oh that's oh. really interesting do they make any more i want to know what happens and i went oh no oh boy yeah well you know let me tell you you should watch the animated series it's amazing much better than the movie like if you love the movie you'll definitely like the show and he went, oh but it's a cartoon yeah. yeah. Oh, but I won't watch cartoons. Yeah. Why? <laughs> Just automatic discount. Nope. Yeah. And that's, Whereas uh, a lot of people it, like that. Uh, you know, I'm watching a lot of anime, trying to learn Japanese, and uh, yeah, it's it amazes me the cultural difference that over there that it's just seen as another means of storytelling it, there's yeah. no there's definitely things aimed at kids and there's things yeah. that are very much not aimed at kids mm-hmm. i saw a movie a japanese movie recently called uh, an animation movie called ride your wave and it's about a uh, fire... oh yes that one yeah and this 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 surfer is in love with a fireman who she's teaching to surf and he dies and then mm. his ghost comes back and appears in any container that holds water mm. to her for like the, the second half of the film. And the premise is just bonkers. Yeah. And the, cl- the climax of the film is just wild. And you're just like, Oh, so this, this took, a, this took hundreds of people time to create. And it's yeah. so out there and it's not geared for kids. I don't know. I, yeah. I wish there was a, a, a larger spectrum of audiences for animation over here, and, but there is, it's growing. So it's, uh, it's good. But, I think that Tron Uprising was kind of going for an older demographic. It I, was trying. I, it was trying yeah. for sure. Because it's not, I don't, I wouldn't say there's elements of it being a kid show, but it it's pretty mature. So I don't. Mm, it, it's very sophisticated. I think you know, it, little kids watching this would have no idea what's going on. It's trying to hit this middle ground that makes, you know, older people shun it and young kids not interested. And I think that's part of the problem of that property is why it's only got one season is because it didn't uh 
it didn't pull up enough, right? It didn't go one way or the other enough. And uh, it's strange this thing like Love, Death, and Robots just did so well, and yet most of the people who watched it said, "Oh, I'm not normally into animation." Yeah, but, for sure. But it's like this all. The, it could be like this all the time. Yeah, yeah, right. I think it's a case of marketing and and people just having faith in it and investors and track records and once a few hit it big then they can do more i know that there's tons of animation going to be coming out now especially with today you know it's hard to get a movie set together so there's lots yeah. of animation being done yeah maybe covid will be the rise of animation <laughs> could Who be say? we'll see we'll see in one year but uh oh, oh had it well i got distracted by something on screen but um so I think cut... Disney is to blame for the, especially in the West, this notion of oh yeah, animation is for kids and Looney Tunes to a degree. Yeah, Saturday but... morning cartoons and Disney were like a one-two punch that really, uh, really cemented everybody's idea that cartoons are strictly for children. But what I was distracted by on screen is about uh, uh, nine minutes in, and you just get this shot of Tesla on his throne, and he's got. Um, uh, uh, I can't remember the names. <laughs> anyway, um, Page, in, so about nine minutes in, there's a shot of all of them inside the ship, and there's the red lights behind them, and the roof sweeps up into the center, and it's just the coolest thing. It's just like yeah. an album cover. Ah, oh, ah, oh, love it. It's beautiful. So we go back to Abel's garage, and uh, people are saying, "Hey, where's Beck?" You know, because he's being taken to the games now, and then we see that one of Beck's friends there, Z, I think Zed, or is that his name? He's uh, he's he's in love oh, with Mara. Don't get me started with Z and Zed in Australia, because oh. everyone says it. I mean, also, with our own Australian national anthem, there's Advance Australia Fair, but I always wait for people to get up that line, because some people say Advance, and other people say oh, Advance. Because yeah. <laughs> being that we're like, somewhere between America and Britain, culturally, yeah. could go either way. yeah. I think it's a good way to be. In Canada, we're we're pretty we're pretty uh, pretty clear about our Zs. Not a lot of Z speakers up here, but that yeah, advance and we've got some of that here too. We're we're kind of overwhelmed by America, though. We do have more of an American accent. I cannot tell the difference between a Canadian and American accent unless someone's really playing it up. Yeah, or unless they're from the East Coast or from Quebec or something like that. There's but then the Probably. Minnesota accent sounds like a Canadian accent, so I don't Oh, for know. sure. I think that's probably one of the closest, definitely. Uh, so we see that, we see that uh, yeah, Zed's in love with Mara, and it's unrequited. Zed's in the friend zone, and he's feeling bad <laughs> about it, which is kind of cliche. It's kind of like, ah, did we have to have this? I mean, okay, I guess we did. But, you know, in, it, it's cool that in each of these the clique of bad guys and in the clique of good guys, there's at least a girl in each group. Yeah. You know, instead of just one token girl for the whole show, there's like at least a few, a few female characters, which is pretty cool. I mean, this was a ways back now. So, but, but yeah, yeah it's so great to see, see how much those sorts of things have changed in the past 10 years or so. Yeah. And that, yeah, a whole cast of female characters isn't that uncommon in some things. Yeah. So um, Abel is looking for Beck because he wants Beck to work on his old light cycle. And his old light cycle is the NCOM 786 first gen light bike. And that's pretty cool. Uh, it's great to see that again. You're like, oh my gosh, look at that. And we find so out. So there that are some things that have been 
transplanted from the original grid, I guess. So there's more than one. Yeah, which makes me wonder if there's more. <laughs> you know, like, is there a vault yeah. of... Because uh, the tanks, uh, like, Clue's tanks are pretty similar, if not identical. So basically, to... Kevin Flynn was just making a false scarcity system here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So what do we got here? So we I mean, we didn't the... actually introduce uh, Beck's mate, uh, fellow prisoner, and nope. Cutler. Cutler, uh, yeah. And he has a great design, and he is voiced by Lance Reddick from yeah. John Wick. He's the hotel right. manager. Oh, such a good voice. And you can hear it as soon as you hear his voice. You're like, oh, there he is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Great voice. It's just a really fancy voice. <laughs> And we see the uh, the foot braces that are, are locking up on the programs, and in the in the original book and screenplay for Tron, the programs were tortured through like uh, ski boots welded to the ground, right? They hmm. were locked locked into boots, and then they would have the power course through them to get power, or they would be tortured by having, you know, a power pushed through them involuntarily. So they changed it for the movie. In the movie in 1982's Tron, they get thrown against walls. And uh, they get I don't know why I just had this line in my head like, oh yeah, we'll just all your zeros will be ones. You'll just be everything <laughs> will be activated all at once. Yeah, sure, right. That I could see that. Like just destroy the pattern and make them all of all of one thing or the other. Mm. But so we've got these uh, these these footlocks that are happening here in 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 the arena for the prisoners. And so I wonder if that was a callback to uh, to the original where they were like, hey, let's actually give that a shot. But uh, I'm not sure. And I also like that all of the programs here, like they're from the same design tree, but not all their suits are identical. Mm. Right? When they're standing in a row. It's kind of like the War Boys in Fury Road. Like they're all very much part of the same gang, world yeah. in gang and tribe, but they're not they're not just it's not just the same costume. They've all got different Yeah, everyone's got unique patterns. patterns and stuff, yeah. Yeah. Makes me want to just wear all black and just tape some reflective tape on everything. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And that guy, he's got a green band around his arm. So there you go. Mm. And we get our, we get our, uh, what do we got? The the game prep ladies, the gems, they stomp forward and give them all green armor before they're lifted to the arena. And one of the programs. I don't know about that green. Uh, it doesn't look like it belongs in the world of Tron. I, I'm sort of, I'm sort of with you. The original computer screens from back in the '80s, they had a green, a green text on them, right? Oh, a yes. green glow to them. So I think there's, I think there's an area of the computer world where where green belongs. But here in the world they've created, like it's almost like uh, like fuchsia would be you know more suitable to the world than that than that yeah because like, all the greens we've seen especially in legacy they're only teals they're in the cool yeah bluish spectrum yeah this almost feels like these are going to be the the action the, the alternate mode action figures you know like the yeah. alternate batman costumes back for in the sure 90s. yeah that kind of stuff exactly uh i was thinking about whether tron is cyberpunk i think all of them are about social inequality but then it's kind of weird in the sense that well this is a world where scarcity is 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 sort of a is a construction and no one needs to eat or sleep or any of those things yeah so i mean there's 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 night and there's day and there's shifts at work and i think we get to see do we see anybody sleep 
I'm not sure. We might. I don't think this is the same thing I'm coming up against with uh, Transformers because I watch and just go, "What do they do when they don't work? Like, do you just stand around and stare at a computer some more? What What, what do you do in your downtime? It's the same thing, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I mean, here we know that they 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 have games and they have they have play and they have things they can just they can hang out with their friends. But mm. yeah, it was there. Do they do they sleep? But one thing. Um, so the the we see the bad team introduced and they're introduced like they're in some sort of a dance a dance off or something and then Kessler <laughs> says let the games begin and it's the ring game which I'm really happy about because in I think in in Legacy you've got the the disc game with like mm. enclosed cages so there's ricochets and stuff but uh, we didn't get to see the ring game in Legacy so I was really really happy to see this show up in the cartoon here but then we cut to the club. And then we see that it's after work and Zed and Mara are in the club and they're hanging out. It seems like that's a big part of the culture on the grid or especially the sort of legacy era. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we get to see a lot of clubs, right? Like uh, it was a Zeus's club in Legacy mm. and there seems to be... I think it's mostly because maybe it's just because of the soundtrack. You know, it just True. really <laughs> lends itself to like, well, we got to have a club scene. That's the way everyone's dressed, and it's just, yeah. I mean, I can understand maybe that's their idea of a social outlet if you don't have normal human needs and don't yeah. really have to do other things. Yeah, I'm a little disappointed by the fashions in this club because I sort of figured that if you're gonna be in a nightclub, then in an animated nightclub. Mm. That it's like we were talking about the first movie, Night Ninety Two, how you've got those. You've got there's just a few scenes of people wearing bits, absolutely insane, just bonkers, bizarre stuff. And so, if there's ever a place for that, it would be a nightclub. You'd think people would have fiber optic cable headdresses, and I mean, if they're gonna dress for a night out, yeah, they'd, uh, spruce themselves up. But they're all just wearing their their black clothes, and they're just doing two steps, which is like okay, whatever, that's cool. But Man, the DJs, I guess, it's limited. It, it's what are you gonna do right you you want to tell a group of animators to do like 80 unique characters in a dance club scene <laughs> like, yeah uh, and i guess nice. uh well i know this is before society really takes a bit of a downfall because you think oh well if it's in some kind of recession or whatever then maybe that's the only costumes they got on them yeah yeah it could be yeah maybe that's it this is just them making the best of it so and then but then we see like like the DJs have floating circles for turntables, which is pretty good. But Zed's getting bitter because men are talking to Mara. And, you know, I don't know. I'm getting, I'm feeling, it's a little hard for me to roll with. I, like, I just, I don't know how hard they're going to, at this point, I don't know how hard they're going to lean into this unrequited love storyline because it's starting to already get on my nerves and it's been like 10 yeah seconds. zed <laughs> no, kind of he's kind of a cuck through this whole <laughs> series yeah i don't think that term was around when the <laughs> when the uh cartoon was out but that's exactly exactly what's going on it's sort of yeah i think it doesn't do his character any favors no. and having finished watching avatar the last airbender recently mm. i think they handle those sorts of things quite well where ang loves katara but yeah. she doesn't seem to notice and he doesn't make any moves so but it's not like yeah he's not acting like an mrl was it yeah men's rights activist um yeah. or uh uh well, soccer is definitely a bit of a, 
uh, MRA a little bit at the beginning, but then he learns. But Zed yeah. does not have that character progression at all. No, not Just right now. <laughs> yeah, but she, like Mara kind of has a cool, a cool part, uh, character progression. But yeah, if she actually has something know. to do. Yeah, yeah. I hope I hope Zed uh, I hope Zed pulls out of it. But then we see this is there's this one woman program, and she's uh, really eyeing Zed hard. So Zed's like, oh, what's what's going on over that? And then she comes over to introduce herself, and her name is Pearl, which is indeed a programming language. That's uh. Oh. Uh, if you go to P-E-R-L, it's a high-level programming language. Or it's, well, it's a family of two high-level general-purpose interpreted dynamic uh, programming languages. So there you go. Oh, but then it was, uh, oh, that Pearl changed its name to Raku in October 2019. Mm, don't think that really suits her. <laughs> nope, she's more of a Pearl than a Raku, but there you go. Sounds like uh, Aku from Samurai Jack. Oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> but Pearl hits on Zed, and uh, he's takes her up on it. So that's uh, that's cool. And then we cut back to the games, just in time to see one of the good guys get derezzed. And there's a lot of flipping and kicking here. And one thing that always impresses me about this this uh, cartoon is the action scenes are just so well animated, right? And there's yeah. <coughs> There's one character here named Rilo in the games, and he's he's been a whiner since the beginning. He's like Rilo this, can. This is all Tron's. This is all Tron's fault, you know. And uh, mm. and and he's he's really like I'm going to be executed right away for sure. And they're like, dude, get get your get your get yourself together here. Pull your pull yourself together. But he kills a red program, so it's like yay. And then he's fully excited about it, so he turns around, lets his guard down walks back towards Beck in slow motion and ah oh, geez you know what's coming he uh, did Arilo gets uh derezzed in the back again with his id disc rolling left rolling along the ground and that's something i think we talked about last time but like when a program gets derezzed their disc doesn't mm. quite often they get derezzed and their disc Tink 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 rolls along the uh, rolls along the ground for a dramatic. Does that finish. mean their data is still there? I don't know. You know, maybe some of them when they get uh, derezzed, I don't see a disc roll away, but sometimes it does. It seems to depend on whether or not it's plaintive or they want to make some dramatic beat out of it or something. Hmm. But uh, we get the the tall program there. Cutler uh, saves Beck, and then. They're they're in it now. They're really uh, they're really getting into it now. And then we get back to the club, where Zed's telling really bad jokes to Pearls, and she's pretending to love it. But but she's looking around, and you can tell she's got a crew a crew of dudes that are also in the club there. Because like, uh oh, this isn't uh, this isn't good, right? Mm. Oh, but then Mara comes over, and uh, she wants to dance with him. Um, but yeah, then, uh, but then I she's don't know like, if she senses that uh, Pearl is bad news or what. I think but... so. I think she she senses that Pearl's bad news. But then she says like, "Come on, I want to dance with my best friend." And uh oh, she said the friend <laughs> word, and so Zed gets all hurt and he leaves. For friend zone. The friend zone. For the friend zone. And then um, yeah, so he leaves the club with Pearl. He goes to a second location with Pearl. Big mistake, Zed. Big mistake. So now uh, Beck and uh, Cutler are back in the back in the games. Beck and Cutler are double teaming 
this one one red guy and uh and now the discs are that they're standing on are slowly rotating to be vertical which is too good and then but then they win and tesla ends the games early and everybody's like boo because he realizes wait these guys are actually good this isn't uh an execution these guys are gonna these guys could could go so they're talking which which is a cool idea i mean that's uh they don't really go that far with it but just yeah having a character well i guess tron was that in the first movie but in this series there's no character like that who's just been here for ages yeah that's one thing I liked about the yeah the nineteen eighty two movie is we 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 meet Tron in a pit with four guys trying to kill him and he kills them all pretty handily and he's like yeah try six next time you know like and he he's been doing this for decades right he's just uh, he's an unstoppable machine and we're well, just realizing Tron and Megatron have the exact same origin story because they're both gladiators. They couldn't oh, really? be defeated. Yeah, oh, I didn't know that. I didn't know that. In the pits of Kaon. Yeah. <laughs> Wonderful. Uh, but then we cut back to the garage, and Pearl, I mean, Zed has taken Pearl to the garage and is like bragging to her about all this stuff. And then she, uh, he, shows, uh, he shows her the 786. The, the, the mm. really, like, he's like, hey, check out this. And she's like, oh, that's pretty cool. Anything cooler? He's like, oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I got this. And it's just, it's kind of painful to... Um, <laughs> he's a freaking idiot. To watch, because he's just being led down the path here. But then they talk to... Uh, then it cuts back to Cutler and, and Beck talking. And Cutler reveals that he's an ISO. And that's what the green band on his arm is about. Is <clears throat> so that's like, that's what the green band was about. So I was like, oh, okay, cool. I always felt the plot with the ISOs in Legacy was just, it wasn't particularly well handled. No. It didn't really go anywhere, but okay. It was like so interesting and so cool, Mm. but not particularly well handled and it didn't really go anywhere. Yeah, because I mean, there's these heavy themes of of like, you know, real racial genocide and stuff like that. Yeah. And then you've got these more profound existential ideas about life spontaneously occurring even yeah. in, a, in an artificial uh, realm and you just we're not going to talk about any of that it's just going to be sam flynn on his boring ass adventure <laughs> yeah we get this weird complicated end game but that the flashback sequence was like uh that was like a really interesting five minutes that just happened. <laughs> what? Yeah. I wanna, I w- are they going to do that film? I want to see that film. Like if that. No, they focus on the wrong freaking story. Yeah, like if that was the if the prequel turned out to be the story of the ISOs, I'd be okay with that. We've got a so we get we two things happen here. The match is over. Beck and the ISO are walking along. They start a fight so they can escape. They're handcuffed together. They hightail it, then they get caught, then they get thrown back into the arena, and now it's the two of them handcuffed together, facing off against some light bikes. And it's getting very confusing because I'm watching this while we're talking, and then going back, and then watching it again, just like, how many times has this happened actually in the plot? I don't even <laughs> yeah. know anymore. <laughs> yeah, right? Like, And this is like I was talking about with the last episode. I'm like, 
boy, a lot happens in these episodes. There's not a lot of filler. They're very much like, and then this happens, and then this happens, and then this happens. So now, but we yeah. also, we cut to uh, the uh, the garage, and she, Pearl's really interested in Zed's boss's antiques. Mm. And so he's like, oh, yeah, we got, uh, we've got a bit here. Shows him, uh, shows her a bit, which she doesn't seem to be too, too into. And, uh, and I'm wondering if that's the bit from the original movie, because bit is there. Though it was insinuated that that bit was unique. Was I'm like so unique glad character. that there are bits in this universe. Yeah. Right. I'm like, yay. That's another one. That's like, Oh good. They're still around. But uh, it's pretty funny. And it's good <laughs> because there's a bit here where, you know, Zed says that the bit is priceless and the bit says, Yes. <laughs> uh but then pearl says yeah looks like junk to me and it says yes <laughs> says yes again and i'm like what aren't you supposed to say no but it's like it's agreeing it's like yes i am priceless yes i am junk yeah but maybe so. it's got some self-esteem issues <laughs> yeah i think so very much so well i'm told like, i'm priceless but no i'm a piece of trash <laughs> it got like abandoned twice you know i got abandoned by uh by flynn I got abandoned by Clue, and then it got abandoned by Flynn. So that's a question: though. Are bits really conscious and alive, and do they have souls? Is there an yeah. afterlife for bits? I don't know. I don't know. That's one thing to explore. Is there a digital heaven for bits? Because basically, every other program is just lots and lots of bits all together. Yeah. Right. Well theoretically right like and that's the that's that's where it kind of starts to break down because they're not it doesn't seem like they're actually literally made of bits mm. right but they are they are literally made of bits but they're not yeah made like of, the, the like, data that character named bit is like uh is like a, an actual animal like a puppy like a creation it's mm. not um it's not a literal bit or or maybe it is wait is that sure. just is that are they implying that animals are just humans but just with less components <laughs> i think so yeah in in i think in the tron world that might be uh that might be what it is we don't <laughs> see a lot of pets in the tron world do we besides no, bits. i don't think so yeah i wonder if they'll have some in a in a future in a future iteration there's just but, so much to do in this universe and so i feel like do. Everything we've seen only just scratches the surface yeah, because, it, like with any good science fiction world, you've changed or you've given us these parameters and all these different elements that change what we consider normal life. Yeah. And so you go, well, okay, but then how does this work and how does that work and what does yeah. that mean? And no, nah, they they've basically, I think every iteration of Tron that we've seen so far is basically you're telling this hero's journey but it's hinting at so much more underneath and i yeah. want i want the i want the lore stuff give me more of that yeah like it's like in uh, in the star wars movies where it's like every yeah. creature in the cantina has like their own novel now you know <laughs> like there's <laughs> it's like ever there's been so much explored by the movies that were the by the by the by the stuff that was hinted at in the first movies and i want some of that for tron right like is like in in the in the first movie like i think uh they talk about they don't go to this part of the grid because there's pirates there. 
they, mm. they talk about this grid there's giant grid eating monsters over here and that's why we don't go there and it's just these like offhanded it's just like what can i want to see that and i'm like uh could i could i see one you know like I know <laughs> what's pirates you say like i i, I really want to i just want to yeah to have that and that that's what they do in uprising right like in this cartoon there's some really cool episodes where they go there and mm-hmm. uh and and do stuff like that so that's that was what i really liked most about the about the cartoon yeah and that's how oh, if we got more seasons of this we I'm, I'm sure we would have gotten well into the the lore and all the oh, more yeah. obscure stuff but i mean like there was the episode with aaron paul i remember i did watch this last year but uh I've started to figure it out, but no, like that one was really interesting in just seeing what happens to characters under certain circumstances. No spoilers, but we'll get yeah. there when we get there. Yeah, for sure. And so we see this uh, this really cool light cycle fight with the two guys that are handcuffed together. So one of the cool things they do at the beginning is they they uh, use one of the attacking light cycles to break their handcuffs. They get on mm. either side and they they use that to it's like a glowing energy rope, you know, and then they, uh, they get that to cut and then they use that to lasso one of the, uh, accelerators on one of the bikes and then jumps onto a bike. And then they each got a, I think they each get a bike, a bike to themselves now. And then they have, a, uh, you know, they, it's just two of them against three light bikes and then they win the fight in a really cool and well choreographed way. Yeah, I don't. Oh, uh, someone's mowing the lawn outside. Sorry about that, but uh, hopefully oh, no that's not too bad. But um, the movements, the, the choreography, and everything for these characters is so good. But I don't think it's mocap. It doesn't feel no. like that. It's no. just that's the thing. Something right? about... It's just really good art direction and really good storyboarding. Because I've noticed, okay, watching Transformers Prime lately, that. That show has really good facial animation, um, but I notice a lot of time in just dialogue, if you're just showing a Transformer from the waist up, because of these big, chunky robots, they're just kind of jerking their chest forward a little bit. They don't yeah. know how to make them move around and converse in a natural way. Yeah, it's a real, it's a real issue with those, uh, with those shows. When you have a big, chunky robot, how do you make that lively? You know, because <laughs> they yeah. weigh three tons and they're big cubes. You know, it's 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 difficult. They do what they can, but there's a there's a problem to overcome there for sure. Yeah, but, and I think well, even I can't think of any examples with human characters on the top of my head. But yeah, I don't know. There's just something about Tron Uprising that feels different. Yeah, but here in the garage here, we see um, uh, yeah, Zed is like, hey, or uh, Pages, Page clubs Zed in the back of the head and steals the bike. Hmm. And uh, it's kind of, you called him a cuck earlier. I think he would also be called a, a simp. I think a simp. A simp. Oh, yeah, that's an alert. Yeah, that's, that's, that's the a, new one. <laughs> that's the new one. So, uh, but he's he's going to be in trouble. And then he says, oh, I'm an idiot. And Bit yes. says, yes. 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 <laughs> Bit agrees with him. And I'm like, yeah, there you go. Comedy gold. And then <laughs> we get back to the arena and we see that Beck and Iso are taken to their reward level for uh for defeating the bikes with nothing but a pair of handcuffs and then it turns out that their reward is to fight each other to the death best friends that just met 
pitted against each other to the death. So and then it ends on that kind of cliffhanger there for uh, those two. So will they get the white bike back? Will Cutler and Beck kill each other? I mean, I think... Uh, Tune in next time. I think we all know the answers to those questions. At the end here, <laughs> we get a we get a cre- credit for Bonnie McBird. We get based on characters created by Bonnie McBird. And um, huh. it's, it's nice to have that because she was one of the people that came up with Tron in the first place and was uh, kind of ousted from production after it was clear that her and Steven Lisberger really wanted to go in two very different directions. Like she wanted to do like a comedy. Ah. She was uh, talking about uh, casting uh, Robin Williams as the lead. (laughs) And she wanted to have uh, the, the, the MCP have two animated characters called Frick and Frack that were like his henchmen. And they were like lippy and chuckly, like a really, a real, Oh God. (laughs) A whole different vibe, right? A whole, a much more Don Bluthy, way more expressive yeah. faces. You know, a very different, different vibe. And uh, and so, eventually, they were just like, "Look, we, this isn't working out." And so she she left the project or was taken off the project. And I think she still feels a little uh, bitter about that. You know, from hmm. from what I could read between the lines in some of the making up books, it wasn't. It wasn't violently bitter, but it, it was kind of acrimonious. So I'm glad to see that she's still getting a credit. You know, this 40 years later, she's still getting a credit on the uh, on the show. So I, I don't know was... why I'm always fascinated when, uh, yeah, directors, writers, whoever, it's clearly bitter about something and they don't hide it at all. Because uh, Dan O'Bannon, who did the original script for Alien, his idea was way different and oh. uh, much more simple and more of your typical schlocky B-movie uh, sci-fi. And, uh, yeah, he doesn't like Ash. He thinks that's a dumb, you know, what was it, a Russian spy trope. It wasn't very imaginative, oh. even though critics love that. And yeah. I love Ash. Everyone loves Ash. Yeah. But it's funny how he, to the day he died, he was just adamant, like, no, my version was the best version. <laughs> <laughs> That's too bad. I don't think he had too many people agreeing with him, I imagine. Yeah, no, not really. Uh, yeah, like, who else? Uh... Oh, um, Peter Cullen is pissed off at Netflix because Netflix doesn't use union actors, so they've done totally different voice casting for War for Cybertron or whatever the hell it is, right. the latest show. So I'm just, I love it. Just so salty. <laughs> yeah, when people get, uh, when they get their distaste right out in the open there. Like what was it, Shia LaBeouf at the end of uh, Indy 4? Yeah, like, or Megan Fox after Transformers. Oh, yeah, right? You know? Like, what because I, I do hate it when actors you can tell like through gritted teeth going it was a wonderful experience yeah. and he's a great director it was great working with all of these amazing actors and you really should see the film yeah <laughs> it was like 30 years it's a later human. yeah you know yeah for sure but there's uh there's biting the hand at fiji it's like steven spielberg said there's a there's a time to be honest and there's a time to sell cars you know <laughs> like <True. laughs> i think there's if you're making the literal media rounds for the film that you're promoting, yeah, maybe wait. <laughs> uh, yeah, just give it a sec. You know, you, you got paid to do this. But yeah, like a uh, guy who uh, plays Finn in uh, Star Wars. A- at the time, 
you know, didn't say anything, but now saying a lot oh. of things about Star Wars. Oh, yeah, lots. He is not shy about his opinions right now, which is John Boyega. Sorry for remembering. Yeah, his name. John Boyega, and then the other guy there, the 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 Cracker Jack pilot, Oscar Isaac. He's he's pretty yeah, pretty vocal as well. <laughs> I don't think they'll either of them will be invited back. No, probably not. <laughs> but, but hey, they're uh, in three movies. It's fine. There are three movies. They're gonna do. Okay. They're in more movies than I'll ever be in, so it's fine. Correct. Correct. They, they did they did well but that takes us to the end of episode two of tron uprising so next week we'll find out do they get the white bike back the 786 um do beck and cutler kill each other you know who knows and we'll get to find out some more really cool stuff anything could happen anything could happen and i'm looking forward to it thank you for joining us for this episode of animatronic I've been Duncan Shields. And I have been Courtney Colson. And tune in next time for another episode of Animatronic. End End of of line. line.